G'day everyone, I'm your host Stephen, and welcome to the Bamboo History Podcast. To any new listeners, the Bamboo History Podcast is a podcast focusing primarily on Chinese history and aims to educate and entertain listeners on the culture, events and intrigues that happened back in the day in China. I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and subscribed to this podcast so as to help boost my listener base. I'm so far just starting off in my podcast journey, so any support will do me a world of good. I've also got an Instagram page, so you can check that out as well. It will not only have teasers and updates of new episodes, but also bite-sized historical content that is too small to fit into a podcast. So please head on to Instagram and follow my account there for an extra load of Chinese history content. My Instagram name is at Bamboo History Podcast, and for your convenience, is written down in the description box below. Lastly, to all of my existing listeners, my Bamboo Historians, thank you for tuning in and for your support of this show. It really means a lot to me that you are joining me on this journey. Alright, now let's get straight into the podcast. Today, I'm going to go into the day or night in the life of a Geng Fu. A Geng Fu, or in Chinese, Geng Fu, was a time teller that would walk around the streets of Chinese cities and townships during nighttime and announce to the residents the particular time of the night. That's right, folks. You got paid to tell someone the time. I bet all of you are thinking that this job is easy-peasy, orange-squeezy, and if you were teleported back into ancient China and were asked to do this job, you'd be begging for it. Well, wrong. In ancient China, being a gangfu was hard, and not just hard, but dangerous too. Before I go into the life of a gangfu, it is important to explain the other ways that the Chinese used to tell time. The creation of the notion of time and then developing the ability to tell time was an important step for the human species. And with the ability to tell time, humans were able to plan and organize their days and help create routines. In ancient China, one of the first ways to tell time was to use the sun's location in the sky. By using the sun's position in the sky, the Chinese were able to create three distinct phases of the day, morning, noon, and night. During the spring and autumn period of China, which was more than 2,000 years ago, the Chinese invented a sundial called a Gui Biao, which was a pole fixed onto the ground, and when the sun cast a shadow on that pole, they would use the length of the shadow created by the sun to determine the exact time of the day. During the Han Dynasty, 300 years or so after the spring and autumn period, water clocks began to be developed. How it worked was that a vessel with water was filled, and then you would puncture a hole into the vessel for the water to flow out into another vessel underneath to capture the dripping water. They would then either measure the water level in the vessel of which the water was flowing from, or they would measure the rate of the water dripping out of that vessel to determine the time. For example, a single drip of water could represent one second. This contraption was better than the sundial 
in a sense that it could be used indoors compared with the sundial, which required the constant presence of sunshine. These water clocks continually developed over time. For example, taking into account variables such as water evaporation or humidity, which would affect the rate of the water flow. A common method of timekeeping used by the commoners was a candle clock. The Chinese would engrave the length of the candle with evenly spaced markings. And with these evenly spaced markings, it would represent a length of time. As the candle wax burnt down, you would be able to check what time it was by referring to the highest marking on that candle. It is clear then, there are plenty of ways that the Chinese used to measure time. Then how come the Chinese needed a Geng Fu, a professional time teller then? Well, the problem with the sundial, as I mentioned earlier, was that you needed the sun, so it was kind of impossible to use at night. Remember, it's called a sundial, not a moon dial. <laughs> the water clock then could have been useful at night then, right? Well, water clocks were a complex contraption, and only the upper class and wealthy people were able to afford these things. Commoners couldn't afford water clocks. Then what about the candle clocks? Well, the problem with candle clocks, again, is that it is only useful during the day. I can foresee two big problems burning a candle at night in your room. One, the fact that there is light from a candle. And uh, I don't know about you, but it's easier for me to fall asleep when it's completely dark. And two, if I do fall asleep, what if the candle catches a curtain and burns the whole place down without me having the slightest clue? So with all these problems that I just talked about, combined with the lack of watches and clocks, gave the opportunity for the Gang Fu occupation to exist. If any listeners have watched Chinese TV dramas that feature the ancient times, you might have noticed that in the night scenes, there is a person walking around the city with a lantern, yelling out in the dark, and banging two wooden sticks together, or sometimes hitting a gong. That person is the Gang Fu, which means in Chinese, a person that works the Gang. So then you might be wondering, what does the Gang mean then in Gang Fu? In modern times, we split our times into days, hours, minutes, and seconds. In ancient China, they split their day differently. The day and night was split into 12 units. Each of these units was equivalent to around 2 hours. These units were called Shi or Shi, spelt S-H-I. And there are 12 of these Shi's in a day slash night. Each of these 2 hour interval Shi's had a name. For example, the first Shi of the day was called Zi Shi or Zi Shi which is between 11pm to around 1am. I won't name all the other ones, because it'll just confuse you, so it might be easier if you just googled it yourselves. Anyways, during the night, which started from around 7pm and ended at 5am the next day, the Shis also had a different name, and were also known as a Geng. That is what a Geng is. It is essentially a reference to those two-hour intervals at night. So what a Geng is, is a two-hour interval at night. One fun fact is that Chinese speakers to this day still use the word geng in casual conversation to describe nighttime. 
For example, to describe midnight, they would say 半夜三更, which means the middle of the night in the third gang. The third gang being between 11pm to 1am. Okay, now here's the fun part. I thought the best way to describe the job of a gang fu will be to interview and follow an actual gang fu himself. So now, I will transport all of us back into time to witness the life of a gang fu. So everyone, are you ready? 3, 2, 1, let's go! Before I go ahead, just a disclaimer. The only thing factual now will be the actual activities that Gang Fu is doing. The character himself is completely fictional and has been created for the purposes of audience engagement. Welcome all bamboo historians! You and I are now standing in the city of Tangzhou in the Song Dynasty. Today, next to me, I've managed to get a Gang Fu himself to show us his job. His name is Liang, which means light in Chinese. Liang's day begins at 6pm. He puts his uniform on, puts on his cap, and walks out of his house to begin his night shift. He's been on the job for a few years now, so he's used to working at night, and he usually sleeps during the day. He goes to his headquarters first, which is a tall watchtower overseeing the entire city, where he greets the watch commander, his other Gengfu colleagues, and starts to check his shift details, which includes the routes he is going to take for the night. By now, he has memorised all of the streets in the city and is basically a human GPS. There is a large candle in the watchtower and Liang checks the time using that candle clock. He checks it. It's now 7pm, or the beginning of the first night shi, or geng. In other words, the first two-hour night interval. He grabs his lantern, a set of those wooden sticks, and heads for the streets that he will be making his rounds on. By now, the skies are dark and most people have retired back into their homes. Liang begins his walk and I accompany him, and we walk and talk. He then begins banging those wooden sticks. He's told me that for each gang of the night, the pattern in which he bangs his sticks are different, so when residents hear that pattern, they can figure out what time it is. So I asked him, it's the first gang now, you know, 7pm to 9pm. How would you bang those sticks? What pattern would you use? Liang replied, Ah, it's easy mate. Hit the stick once fast, then once slow, like this. Do you hear that? Like this. And uh, yeah, just repeat this three times. When I heard that, I was like, Wow Liang, that's fully sick brother. What about, for example, uh, the second gang in two hours' time? You know, between 9pm to 11pm. Ah, uh, yeah, mate. It's like this. Uh, you have to hit the sticks twice very quickly. You know, like this. You know, did you hear that? Oh, yeah, mate. And uh, for your reference, uh, for the third gang, you know, between 11pm to 1pm, uh, we'd hit it once slow, then twice, really fast, like this. Did you get that, mate? Yeah, I did. That was a... Yeah, I did. Um, I understand now. The patterns are all different. And as I follow him, Liang bangs those sticks in that particular pattern, and along with the banging, he yells out the following words. 
，天干物燥，小心烛火，小心盗贼。When he yells this into the night sky, I get curious again and ask him what he just said and why he said it. Liang replies, "Well,、uh, mate, if you can see most of the buildings here, they're all made out of wood, and the windows are all made out of paper. Makes it real easy for all of them to burn down." The first thing I said was to basically warn the residents to watch out for fires, or any indication of fires. Liang also tells me that the second thing he yells out is to tell everyone to beware of thieves, because a lot of people, he says, uses the cover of darkness to engage in their criminal acts, and adds that because of it, being a gang fu is also a dangerous job. To prove that, he stops walking for a moment, puts down his lantern and sticks. And lifts up his shirt. He beckons me to come closer, and I see a really long scar on the side of his stomach. Liang, mate, what the heck is that? That's a massive scar. You're bloody right, mate. That happened one night when I saw a thief coming out of someone's house with some jewelry, and he saw that I saw him. And when I tried to stop him running away, it took a, it took a knife out and bloody stabbed me. Oof. Liang, that's messed up, man. Yeah, no kidding, Stephen. Been in the job for a few years now, and a few of me mates have died on the job. Legit saw something they shouldn't have seen, and、uh, ended up getting killed as a result. It's a dangerous gig, mate. I'm only doing it 'cause I have to. It pays me all right. So at every two-hour interval, or at the beginning of each gang, we return back to the watchtower, confirm the new time using the candle clock, and repeat the rounds again. Until 5 a.m. By the time Liang's shift finishes, I am absolutely knackered and I am so tired. A new day begins, and people around the city by now have woken up and begin their day-to-day -day lives. I say to Liang, "Wow, thank goodness that night was over. I am so tired, and I'm glad we can both get some rest." He basically replies, "Yeah, mate, and you only did it for one night." I have to do this bloody gig every single day, or night, if you know what I mean. He doesn't look that tired, but he smiles back, clearly eager to get some shut eye as well. Whilst his shift ends, he tells me that occasionally he has day shifts as well, as during the daylight, the gang fu also needs to work at the watchtower, primarily serving as a lookout. Because the watchtower is higher than all of the other buildings in the city. It makes the gangfu's easier to detect any shady activity happening within the city walls, or any external threats such as raiders or bandits outside the walls. After the end of the shift, it is time for me to say goodbye to Liang. I bid him farewell, and he says, "All right, see you later, Stephen. Come back next time, all right?" And he goes back home to rest, and I transport myself and all of you back to the present day. <laughs> Ah, that was a really immersive experience with Liang the Gangfu. I definitely learnt a lot about their job, and I hope all of you did as well. So that, folks, is the unique ancient Chinese occupation of the Gangfu, or the professional nighttime timekeeper. When I first heard about it, I thought it was an easy job and had no idea why they were even needed. Now, having learnt what they did, I have a newfound appreciation of their job. Their job is a difficult one, 
having to work every night without much sleep and no coffee, walking in the dark alone and at times facing danger from lurking criminals. They didn't have the most desirable job, but their job was a bloody important one, as it helped people in cities and townships tell the time at night. They also helped guard residents from fires, criminal activity, or any other risks and hazards that might happen in the night whilst everyone was asleep. The introduction of clocks and watches into China during the 19th century meant that the occupation of a gangfu gradually disappeared, so now we can only see them in TV dramas and movies. But a broader takeaway from this episode is to look at our current society today and appreciate the people working in jobs that are undesirable maybe, but deserve more credit for the work they do, because without them, goodness knows how our societies can even function. People in our modern society today, like Liang, are the heroes we need, but don't necessarily deserve. That brings an end to another episode. I hope all of you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to my podcast, or leave me a comment or feedback, as well as any topic suggestions related to Chinese, or maybe broadly, East Asian history. My email is in the description box below. A reminder that my Instagram page, at Bamboo History Podcast, is also live, so please have a look and follow me for additional exciting Chinese history content. So it's farewell again, my bamboo historians. Thank you for taking the time <laughs> to tune in. Hope to see you all next time then on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now. Everyone, everyone. It's midnight now, everyone. Go to bed. Watch out for fires. Watch out for thieves. Alright, thanks for telling me, mate. Thanks. Good night.